Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. the problem. You got all the questions? Stop okay, listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? I've never seen anything like this. Could cause uh, everybody to freak out. This is a new way, and it's a new day. It is broccoli in the microwave. Because consciousness is expanding. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty! Studio C. Say, senior. Well, that was enthusiastic. What? There's a guy who's excited to be at work. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Steve Bullock. Yes! Are you talking about the governor of Montana who just announced he's running for president? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a dark horse. He's 23. I think that's officially in. That's too young. You can't run for president no. if you're 23. <laughs> Number of people that yeah. are running. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's actually, too many. He's actually very young by presidential standards. He's in his 50s. Practically a child. He's a Democrat, yet he won Montana, even as Trump was winning Montana. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's a dark horse candidate, whatever that means. Uh, speaking of whatever that means, you know, it's funny you're saying officially in. Just give me a shot of depression. Because last night I heard on the news that Joe Biden's leading and he hasn't even officially launched his campaign. What does that mean? That's happening this weekend in Philadelphia. What does that mean? The news guy said with great seriousness. What does that mean? What does that mean is my question. (laughs) (laughs) What in the name of the Constitution are you talking about? Yeah, boy, you talk about your your inside the inside the beltway types. Yeah. Who in America has any idea what they're talking about? Well, he hasn't officially launched. What? Well, Rahm Emanuel, uh, Barack Obama's old uh, campaign guy, he's on the talk shows all the time saying, look, nobody's paying attention. Now, he's a political, he's an insider. He knows more about it than anybody. And he says every time he's on uh, this week with George Stephanopoulos, look, nobody else is paying, but us is paying attention to this right now. Because he knows. Right. So all this stuff, I'll bet it's for fundraising. I'll bet it helps somehow with fundraising. The, the The constant, now we're, this is our official announcement week, then our official beginning of the campaign, then the official start of the touring the state is all some sort of campaign thing. Right. Right. And you, I think you flatter various people in constituencies and fundraisers by having our big launch event. Yeah. It's is, not uh, going to be in Philadelphia. Now our kickoff event, of course, is going to be here in Los Angeles. Right. 
our inaugural rally, <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. It yeah. had to be Omaha. So it's oh, not, Senator. <laughs> it's not for the voters who they know, the smart people know, aren't paying attention, which makes you wonder why we're talking about it at all. Eh, it's kind um, of fun as sport, but we if you sit around that, taking it seriously, then I think you're a crazy person. We did have to mention that Steve Bullock is now in. Yes. Never mind the Bullock. Here's the primaries. I guess while we brought it up. Punk rock humor there for Biden's up by few people. four in Iowa today. He's up oh, by 13 in New Hampshire. Oh, it's tightening. And he's up by 22 in South Carolina, running against a couple of high-profile black candidates. Mm. Um, so there you go. Are you trying to infer that there are a lot of black folks in uh, South Carolina? Yeah, that usually matters, that, yes. that, that vote. And uh, Biden has got a 22-point lead in that state currently. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad and move on to other things. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. Uh, for Mother's Day, my parents, they served a ham. It was a beautiful oh, honey-baked like ham. ham. Yeah, I do, too. And so oh. there was lots of leftovers. I've taken a lot. I took a lot home, and so I've been Leftover ham. ham. Yeah, fantastic. What's not to like there? you primarily ingesting it in the ham on the plate form, Michael? or sandwiches on the plate but okay yeah sandwiches are good too they're both acceptable yep you you couldn't hide your disappointment at the lack of ham sandwich in that answer you know (laughs) i'm not going to criticize another man but the ham sandwich is one of the great creations in the history of mankind there's the wheel there's penicillin there's the ham sandwich you know i'm going to mention this just because i know it's relatable for some people that's the only reason i bring it up okay I weighed myself this morning. Oh, boy. And I am now heavier than when I started to get serious about losing weight. Oh. <laughs> mm. Has anybody ever done that? Disappointing. Time to get serious about losing weight. Now I'm heavier than I was th- then. Oh, boy. What would have happened if I wasn't serious? Oh, boy. That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> Anyhow, I've been enjoying the ham. <laughs> Ham's good. I ham bone, eat. ham bone, what do you say? Yes, there you go. I need to eat more ham and less cinnamon rolls, what I need to do. There's oh, yeah. positive Sean, whose smile so lights up the room. You're going to end up looking like a ham. Huh? Am I wrong? Boink. How are you this morning, Sean? 8, 9, 10, 11 tweets from Trump this morning. That's exciting. He oh, had boy. 60 retweets on Saturday morning. Did you hear that? 60, 60. Wow. Spending yeah. some quality time on the Twitter machine. But as uh, as I am still uh, uh, adjusting to to life in Chateau Relaxo version two point uh, I am I am learning the the intricacies of the uh, glass stovetop. I got one of those glass electric stovetop things. Fantastic! And you get a little spillover on that, and then you got yourself uh, a bit of a caked on issue. So now <laughs> I got to figure out how to what, what's the best way to clean the top because you can't you don't want to scratch it because scratching leads to pitting, pitting leads to cracking, <laughs> cracking leads to expensive glass top stove replacements. Exactly. I don't want to do that. So so I'm I'm trying to figure out. I, I don't know. I probably got to sprinkle some jasmine seeds or something what, on there. What were you cooking? It was eggs. I just put too many eggs in the mm, thing. I eggs. was, yeah, yeah. You should have uh, Michael come over with his ham. <laughs> yeah, I should. That pairs very nicely with eggs. But, uh, but, but yeah, I had some company over, and I'm used to cooking eggs for one. I was cooking eggs for two in the pan that I typically cook eggs for one. Well, in. And oh, just a disaster. It was, it, was, it, was, it was all downhill from there. It's a thousand complications. <laughs> Sean, if you ever say to yourself, you know what I'd like right now? I'd like to hear a woman talk adamantly for ten solid minutes without taking a breath. Invite my wife over and bring up those glass stovetops and have her launch into her I despise glass stovetops. She hates them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're terrible. I can see why. They're an idiotic attempt at something or other. 
Uh, that they don't work. They look great when they're brand new and clean, but other than that, they they seem to be lacking in efficiency. Well, and it seems like something that ought to be on the Starship Enterprise. I yes. mean, they look very cool. They're like, wow, that's a, look at it. it just glows red and it heats it. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. Don't do it. <laughs> There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? God, I got to tell you, I am lucky to be alive this morning. Coming in, almost hit some freeway furniture on the way to work. Freeway furniture? Yep. Looked like leftover bits o' couch. <laughs> Using my cat-like reflexes, though, I managed to swerve wildly across several <laughs> lanes and avoid the collision. And I'll tell you, that happens to you. That gets your heart racing like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I'll try it on a motorcycle once. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Where man. you realize you're going to lose your life if you hit that thing. Yeah, I'm amazed by the stuff people lose on the highway. Now, I did have yep. a mattress fly out of my truck once. I've talked oh, about that on a major freeway. Oh, boy. But I went back and got it. I'm amazed by the, it flew out of my vehicle. Yeah, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And just leave Right. It. That's not me. <laughs> right. That's back there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I don't have to take it to the dump. It's over there. It was right. a piece of junk before it tumbled out of my truck. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah that is. That is oh, else wants it. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. Lucky for your cat-like reflexes, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Tuesday, May 14th, the year 2019. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, then. Let's begin the show officially according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. Look, I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. There you go. That's the leading moderate candidate with health care for illegals. Among things we'll be talking about in our news coming up, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Yes, indeed. we got two leading Democratic presidential candidates pushing that plan hard, free health care for illegals. I've started to just calm myself down like I had to about driver's licenses for illegals, which has happened in a number of states, Mm -hmm. because that was something that nobody could even imagine happening, and then it happened. I'm trying to calm myself down and get ready for the fact that this is going to happen. This is going to happen. That's just apparently where we live. That's just the country we're in now, where we give free health care to people here here illegally. The I'm just trying to just trying to take it so I don't have a heart attack when it occurs. Well, I think you should wait to make that decision and perhaps reconsider that heart attack. The driver's licenses issue is mostly symbolic. It's mostly a gesture that says, well, we don't intend to enforce our own laws and we don't really mean them. And so it's incredibly annoying on that level. The healthcare thing will be mind-bogglingly expensive but you know what? and lead to shocking tax increases. I, know, I now know why people fight so hard against slippery slope stuff. Because it happens all the time. Right. Not every slope is slippery, but some are. Well, this one apparently is. Anybody, what else, Marshall? Trump on a Twitter tear about tariffs in the trade war and another huge court loss for Monsanto's roundup. Stories (laughs) coming up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to buy up jugs of the stuff. So I have it around for the rest of my life because this latest one that Marshall's going to tell us about. Have you heard the the settlement? I have not. You know what? I gotta say it, and Marshall will give you the rest of the facts at the bottom of the yeah. hour. But two billion dollars for this couple. Two billion for two people. Yep. For two, for a couple. Two I thought people. the eighty million dollar ruling in San Francisco was crazy. No, man and wife. Two billion dollars. Yep. He got cancer. Both of them. Wow. And the EPA just last week didn't the EPA just last week say no? Right. This stuff's okay. Yeah. No. No problem. Somebody's no wrong. Danger. Somebody's wrong. Yep. How's mailbag look? Oh, it's good. It's very good. It uh, includes a great freedom-loving quote of the day and a tribute 
to a real American hero. Oh, cool. All next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just in the lunchroom, got the TV on in there on CNN for some reason. I find it difficult to eat with CNN on. um, (laughs) CNN was on, and guess what they're talking about? Russia and bar and obstruction and just like, man. I flipped it on the way in this morning and heard, I would just like to see the president pass any policies that were tough on Russia. Yeah, you're right, says the anchor. I'm thinking... Well, it's it's propaganda. It's, you know, one party's messaging. But it's not getting an audience. That's what I don't get. It's not, not drawing not an much. audience talking about that. Not much. They're the number 11 cable network, but, you know, they're ahead of several of the ESPNs. <laughs> I think they're behind HGTV. I'm pretty sure they are. Mailbag. Wee! <laughs> Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day passed on by Ian and Tijuana. It's George Orwell. You know, Ian says, I can't remember if I've already sent this one to you. It doesn't matter. It's so good. If liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. The great George Orwell. Unless it triggers them or makes them feel unsafe. Speaking of Orwell, I'm reading a new book about China i got to talk about that is dedicated to Orwell. That is making a splash in literary circles. Mm. You spend more time in literary circles than I do. I'm thinking I'm going to spend the rest of my life crusading against the... uh, Political correctness isn't a strong enough term. The ideological extremism of America's colleges. I think that's my cause. It's a good one. It's insane. Here's your... Crime of the day passed along by uh, Ben Libertarian. There are so many federal crimes, nobody even knows how to begin to count them. Uh, 21 U.S. Code, paragraph 610, 676, and 9 CFR 319.107 makes it a federal crime to sell bacon made from pork bellies that got heavier after being cured. (laughs) There you go. Yet another pork reference on the show this morning. It's been rich with them. Honorary shower thought from uh, Kevin in California City, which is, of course, the uh, capital of California. Accomplishing nothing is called inaction. But if you accomplish lots of things, you are in action. Mm-hmm. Mm, think about it. Here's Barb. Can you please have at least one Trump-free day per week? Some of us are getting pretty cranky. Uh, we could use, uh, we could all use another sex worker panel, for instance. We didn't do much Trump yesterday, I don't think. I don't really remember. I don't know. We're talking about the trade policy. I guess oh, that's Trump. Oh, yeah. The tariff stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of Trumpy. Um, that's, yeah, yeah. I get it, Barb. But thanks. Thanks for the input. Here's a nice note from Mike. Mike from San Francisco, who's a proud son of a World War II combat veteran, often sends us in notes about history and anniversaries and that sort of thing. Uh, and he, he mentions that Robert D. Maxwell, age 98, the oldest living recipient of the Medal of Honor, has passed away in Bend, Oregon, one of my favorite places on Earth. He jumped on a grenade with a blanket to save his unit in France during World War II. The heroes of the greatest generation are fading from the American scene. That is true. 
Tip of the cap to uh, Mr. Maxwell and his family. It's a nice observation from Craig, and we're going to be getting to this, the whole uh, medical care for illegal aliens topic. Joe Biden talked about it. Kamala Harris talked about it. Craig writes, just saw the video of candidate Harris telling CNN that everyone deserves medical care, illegal or not. Her eyes are the most telling thing about her statement. She looks absolutely terrified to have to make that statement. I cannot even imagine the pressure these candidates are under. Yeah, we'll play the clips for you coming up here in Marshall's News in not too many minutes. It did sound to me like both Biden and Harris are trying to word it in such a way that they can change it if they become the candidates. Choking out the words and parsing incredibly carefully. Yeah, yeah. Because that is not a winning position nationally. Or saying it because you have to say it, meanwhile praying nobody ever makes you implement it. I'm saying that as much with hope as belief. If the majority of Americans think we should give free health care to illegals, we are actually not kidding. This isn't hyperbole doomed. We'll just tax the rich or, or not pay for it because deficits are okay. Finally, this, Sue uh, writes in. Sue from Marin. Uh talking about couples' sleeping habits and which side of the bed they sleep on. It's one of those untouchable conversations for some men and women. I think it goes back to your people, Joe, the Neanderthals. That's true. I am in the 99th percentile of Neanderthal DNA. But don't bring it up to me. It enrages me. You don't want to see me enraged. My husband would have easily left me for another woman the few times I dared to even ask about varying our sleeping situation. See, that goes against the narrative of yesterday, which is, Really, the first time you tumble into bed together, it's set. We got a lot of texts about it yesterday, how really? uh, he's the closest to the front door if anybody ever came in, or I'm closest to the bathroom, or, you know, there's a lot of uh, strategy goes into it. But you wouldn't believe how many texts we got on the subject of which side of the bed you sleep on. Uh, you know, I, I'm somewhat curious. Uh, I, I sleep away from the front door because my wife's tougher than me. Listen to Biden and Harris coming up on the news. You tell me what you think on the Armstrong and Getty Show. And Getty. So many little tidbits today that are, are worth mentioning, at least in passing. Rod Rosenstein blasting James Comey. Uh, Anthony Weiner getting out of a halfway house. He's back on the streets, ladies. Uh oh. Uh, $75. Check your teenage girl's cell phones. Wow. A $75 cup of coffee that's available if you're really into the coffee. Does it gold, come out of the end of some animal? A gold rush on the moon that they're anticipating? Gold! Gold! I can't breathe. There's no air here. <laughs> Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. And along with all that, we've got two of the leading Democratic presidential hopefuls now touting free health care for illegals. Front runner. Oh, boy. Frontrunner and moderate Joe Biden during a campaign stop telling reporters. Look, I think that anyone who is in a situation where they're in need of health care, regardless of whether they're documented or undocumented, we have an obligation to see that they're cared for. That's why I think we need more clinics around the country. Well, listen, you show up at the emergency room. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it would appear that a significant chunk of the, chunk of the Mexican population is in at least the emergency rooms I've been to. So people are getting care. Now, are they talking about health insurance, paid government health insurance? That's what he's for ho- anyone who sneaks in the country. That's what he's hoping some people that make nominating decisions in the Democratic Party are hearing. 
He should be nailed down on that uh, by a journalist at some point. Yeah, we did get this text. We already give free health care to illegals at the emergency rooms. It's That's the exact same way you ended up with driver's licenses for illegals, where they're already driving. So you guys will give them driver's license. Right. They're already going to the hospital and we're paying for it. So Those this costs is a, are higher. This would yeah. save money. Yeah. So that, that's where you end up with allowing e- illegal immigration. And along with Biden, Senator Kamala Harris was asked. So you support giving universal health care, Medicare for all, to people who are in this country illegally? Let me just be very clear about this. I am opposed to any policy that would deny in our country any human being from access to public safety, public education, or public health, period. Boy, that was among the clumsiest answers I've ever heard, and somebody squirming desperately away from the truth. Well, right, so you have to be so clever to be a politician. Let me be perfectly clear. Well, to be perfectly clear would be to answer that question, yes. But you didn't want to answer that question, yes, because if you end up the candidate, you don't want to have to answer for that, yes. Let me be utterly unclear. (laughs) I am in favor of anything that would bring health and beauty to God's children. (laughs) Because there's no way, I hope, that in the United States of America currently, you can run as a general election candidate with free health care for illegals. No way. Trump would kill you. Yeah. He would talk about that and that only all day, every day. Yeah. And he should. Meanwhile, you got President Trump defending the trade war with China, tweeting quite a bit this morning amongst the tweets, quote, China buys much less from us than we buy from them by almost $500 billion, so we're in a fantastic position. Make your product at home in the USA, and there is no tariff. You can also buy from a non-tariff country instead of China. Many companies are leaving China, next tweet, so that they'll be more competitive for USA buyers. We are now a much bigger economy than China and have substantially increased in size since the great 2016 election. It's putting the squeeze on them. Well, it's amazing how we much... We want deal! Right? It's amazing how much major world events can come down to two human beings. And it is... She trying to determine whether or not Trump will back down or not. Is he crazy enough to do this or not? Just two guys trying to decide, look at each other and read them like a poker game. It's amazing. We'll get back into this in a little while. Uh, Other things to deal with first, but we have uh, testimony from an expert on inter, well, uh, Chinese-American trade, who's a big fan of the Armstrong and Getty Show, who's weighed in with a great email. And uh, also, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, I heard uh, a rather respected authority on the same topic saying that most of the issues are decided. It's almost entirely settled. The only thing remains is the uh, enforcement mechanism. How do we hold China to what they have agreed to? That is what China's squirming about and uncomfortable right. about. Uh, so, you know, there could be a, an historic deal right around the corner. A Northern California couple is being awarded $2 billion in damages from Monsanto. A jury siding with Alva and Alberta Piliad saying the weed killer roundup they used for years caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So uh, a week or so ago, you had a guy in a San Francisco court who got $80 million because he used roundup and got lymphoma. Now you've got a couple get $2 billion? Yep. I use Roundup my entire life. I got lymphoma. I haven't sued anybody. I, I'm, I'm not convinced that it was the Roundup that caused it. 
Neither are lots of scientists. All Neither right. is the EPA, uh, which announced last week our own government says right. that we've look we've done enough research we can't come up with a link. I've got another good friend who had lymphoma, who uh, non Hodgkins, who um, as far as I know, I'm trying to picture the various places he's lived. I don't think he ever had a significant amount of land, so he probably never used more Roundup than any other suburbanite ever has. Um, so I just, I just don't know. If you can get a jury to give you $2 billion for a claim that really can't be substantiated by science, or at least, right. well, I'm sure everybody drags scientists into court. Oh, yeah. One expert says, oh, yeah, it'll kill you. And the other expert said, I'll drink it right now. So, and then the jury decides. But I, I just don't know what to, what, where will we end up if this is what happens? Don't they have to take it off the shelves now with a $2 billion or Judgment? start settling suits um, and, and just trying to minimize their exposure. How does way. this work? The $80 million guy's got to be thinking, hey. Hey, nice I mean, job, you crappy lawyer. That was nice I thought and you all. said you were good. I didn't even get $100 million, let alone right. $1 billion, let alone $2 billion. What am I going to do with my share of $80 million? Please. Bayer is obviously going to appeal this decision. The company's also facing thousands of other similar lawsuits. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, I haven't gotten involved, but how... Two billion dollars? How can you run a how can you run a justice system like this? Where it's just the randomness of a jury. That's unfair. They're a big company. They got lots of money. I say two billion. Jury of your peers. I mean, unless they were the king and queen of a country and they lost their country because they were both right. sick. How's two billion dollars worth? Well, your life is you know can't be measured in money. So you can measure mine in money, and it's less than two billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> One last quick note, Avengers Endgame fans spent almost $30 million on AMC's Cinema Snacks in two days. <laughs> AMC Entertainment reports it sold a record $13 million worth of soda, popcorn, and other snacks on the superhero movie's opening day, and then broke that record with $15 million worth of sales the following day. That's where the money is. Man. Oh, yeah. They got, they got a cent in that dang popcorn barrel they just gave you for... Twelve dollars. Mm. He is a snacker, though. Yeah. He's got a weakness for snacks. <laughs> it's a three-hour movie. People needed supplies. I, right. took, I took my two kids to the Spider-Verse movie and spent forty dollars. Oh, at the concession stand. Whoa. Wow, That's insane. That's amazing. <laughs> We're talking. I didn't even buy that many things. Here, here's a tip for a three-hour movie: go yep. ahead and get the large soft drink, but hold on to the cup. <laughs> okay, you're gonna need it. There you go. That's your news. It'll occur to you why at about the two hour <laughs> right. Oh, exactly. yeah. That's why I have the cup. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Why did he tell me to hang on to the cup? I don't know. I just will. Oh! <laughs> Kids, right over here. Uh, I'm so, trying not to have, uh, you know, yeah. uh, I don't I think I have envy or anything like I'm trying not to have gold fever or anything over the whole Roundup thing. I got the, the same thing happened to me. And you've used Roundup all your life. Yes. Why do we not have lawyers badgering the show to hire you as a client? As a rural guy growing up using Roundup and using Roundup as an adult on the farms I've lived. Yes, I've used lots of Roundup. I got the same cancer. And I don't I don't need two hundred two billion dollars. How about you pay off my house? Ah, we done. 
Oh, me give go, for, go for a few mil at least. And that's a tiny amount of money compared yeah. to what you're giving other people. Get the billion and spread it around to your friends. Right. I was going to say, co-workers. Yes. You know, you get in line yeah. there, Sean. I think I probably deserve a cut for the stress of, uh, well, my lawyer's putting together our rationale. Well, we'll that's true. We'll you serve all, you with papers. You all had to work harder while I was sick with a lymphoma. Yes, right. because right. of Roundup. Right. That's a good because point. of Roundup. And working it all is very difficult for me. So, yes, it was it was a terrible time. Monsanto owes the show. Philosophically opposed to hard work. Monsanto owes, owes the Armstrong and Getty show some money, clearly. I'm going to sue for $375. <laughs> Beyond notice, Monsanto. Speaking of large conglomerates, okay, one more quick note. Yeah. The Nexium sex cult trial is going on. Well, there's a book out about it. And listen, I realize why the sexy stuff makes the news. But these people were crazier than you have heard. The insane details coming up next. Armstrong and Getty. Whether you live in San Francisco or you're a business traveler that occasionally ends up in San Francisco, that's where the most expensive cup of coffee is. A place called Clatch Coffee now has a cup of coffee that's $75. Oh, boy. Per cup. Is that for the uh, Google geeks to to pay because they have so much money or what? And they, uh, nuts. It's a hard-to-find Panamanian coffee. They only have 10 pounds of it. I'd, I'd look in Panama. They only have 10 pounds of it. Uh, when it's gone, it's gone. But they bought enough, they're going to charge $75 per cup. An excellent example of the economic uh, principle of scarcity and or created scarcity, false scarcity. You can get people to pay a lot for something if they think it's almost gone. I've, uh, I, I will hear from some of my favorite winemakers, hey, we're down to two cases of this. And I'll think, wow, I, I got to... I feel this urgency. Then I think there's a lot of good wine in the world. It's going to be okay. <laughs> then you combine scarcity with the uh, immeasurable I've had it and you haven't thing that is really popular in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been there. Oh, you haven't been there? You haven't had this? Have you had the uh, the Panamanian oh, it's clatch? Oh, my God. It's the best thing ever. It's so silky. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Bunch of weirdos. Go buy your $75 cup of coffee. If the guy at the uh, coffee shop's clever enough to get it out of you, good for him, I say. Have you been following the Nexium cult story? It's I barely a, am aware of it. There are a bunch of uh, actresses and celebs involved in this New York-based like personality cult. It was. It, it reminded me of some other organizations that may or may not be very popular with other actors like Tom Cruise. But anyway, it's kind of a self-development. Up with people, how to be a better person, effective, but led by this charismatic guy, and it was cultish, and people were forced to perform uh, sex acts and and become his slaves, in effect, and very, very strange. I, I don't, I've never gotten how you fall for a cult, but, but a lot you're of people just, do. You're not the, the personality type, I guess. Um, And so I've been following it, and it's it's really interesting in terms of human psychology, but now that the trial has begun, and and so there are details of that emerging, but this Catherine Oxenberg, who was on Dynasty way back in the day, she's written a book about it because she was, 
I think she was in the cult, but she'd introduced her daughter to this Nexium Cult's Executive Success Program, ESP, in 2011. She thought it, it sounded really good. It's like a super great internship, life skills. And she watched as her bright teenage daughter transformed into a shell of her former self, falling under the thumb of this, this strange ranger, Keith Ranieri, who ran the whole thing. Um, former Nexium member by the name of Bonnie reached out to Oxenberg to inform her that India was involved in a secret slave master group within the cult known as DOS. So you got ESP and DOS so far. They're not good at inventing their own acronyms because both of those are taken. But anyway, (laughs) and he quote, she signed a lifetime vow of obedience and gave damaging collateral information about herself and most likely you too. imagine ever getting to a point where you sign a lifetime vow of obedience to anyone or anything. Right, right. And, and and then be forced, all right, I need everything embarrassing or damaging about you and your family in writing signed. Here you go. Here you go. Oh, that's going to take a while. Give me a minute. Uh, Keith puts them on starvation diets and makes them sign away their possessions, their properties, their bank accounts, and even their future children. They get punished if they don't do as they're told. Okay. So that's the whole weird sex cult thing that has Kind of familiar, you know, outlines oh, sure. to it. These cults always include having sex with young women and 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 giving up your connections to the outside world and signing over all your all your money. But wait, here's where it gets weird. Oxenberg says that while gathering information on Nexium, she discovered that Ranieri was set on world domination and had these enormous connections in Mexico to make it a reality. ESP, that uh, executive success program, had garnered a big following in Mexico among the super elite types. The group, she writes, was composed of Mexico City's elite, wealthiest, high society types. The children of four president, former presidents of Mexico are involved with ESP. Wow, and you'd have to assume the these children are... children of four former presidents. You'd have to assume these are fairly well-educated people. Emiliano Salinas, the son of former Mexican President Carlos Salinas, reportedly led Nexium's Mexico branch. The the children of four Mexican presidents were yes. in this. Yes, that's incredible. He had already apparently sent out his uh, members of his harem to seduce various members of law enforcement and public officials so that he could compromise them. Uh, she reveals Keith had been playing and positioning his devoted follower Emilio Salinas as his pawn for years, with his family groomed. While his family groomed him to follow in his father's political footsteps. From what I heard from high-ranking defectors, the supposed plan was to get Emmy, as they call him, into office in Mexico's next presidential election in the summer of 2018 so that a top-ranking ESPN, ESPN, or, uh, yeah, and Nexium devotee would have power on the world's political stage. His father, Carlos, would use his Machiavellian methods to endure his son's political win. Then Keith would use Emmy as his puppet and rule Mexico. Espion men in Mexico had been signed up for the newly rolled out course, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mildly interesting, but we're running out of time. When Oxenberg began working to public, uh, publicly expose uh, Nexium, she found herself on the wrong side of Ranieri's Mexican foot soldiers. That October, she writes, I received threatening letters from a Nexium lawyer and a state attorney general in Mexico accusing me of numerous felonies, including fraud and extortion, which, of course, she hadn't committed anything like that, she, you know, a retired actress just kicking it um he had apparently sent out uh, oh i'd already read that 
Oh, uh, while the men thought they were being trained to become honorable, noble protectors of humanity, they're actually being molded to serve as mindless soldiers in Keith's perverse army. Uh, at one point in the book, she recalls being asked by a Mexican TV reporter to not publicly name him before their interview or, quote, I'll be killed. He wasn't joking. Not only was he referencing the cult's potential power in Mexico because it was populated with so many of the country's rich, famous, and most elite citizens, but she was also acknowledging the danger that one of those citizens was Emiliano Salinas. His father, Carlos, the most feared man in the country, would do anything for his son. And then final note, Ranieri, when the American authorities came after him in New York, fled to Mexico, where he was arrested in late March. And instead of being extradited, which is what's supposed to happen, Mexico just deported him. And the real the reason why is in mobbed up corrupt Mexico, if the official uh, deportation, I'm sorry, the extradition papers had been filed, it would have reached the ears of the various powerful people. And so they thought the fastest way to just whisk him out of the country and get rid of him was just to deport him. So that's what they did because they feared the powerful people under his sway. You know, I don't know from Catherine Oxenberg, but I read this whole thing and it hangs together pretty well. And it fits in with the astonishing uh, egomania of this guy. Wild. I'm, I'm constantly amazed by human nature. That there are people that can get into this and then continue to go along with it. And Yeah. Yeah, and, and often people that uh, you would think are smarter than that. And a lot of the moneyed people, upper crusters, looking for what? Purpose in their lives or a path or I don't know what. Even more. They've got a lot, but they need even more. Or there's just a personality type that leaders like this Keith Ranieri can sniff out. He can sense it from across the room if you're a good prospect. It's like, you know, child molesters and other victimizers. They learn to identify victims. Or um, uh, state fair uh, hypnotists. That's another one. They can tell the people that will go for it and the people that won't. It's another category of fiend. (laughs) (laughs) Be be on the alert at all times. (laughs) For state fair hypnotists. Oh, yeah. Go the other way. Play the ring toss game. You're better (laughs) off. (laughs) The Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.